Hey there, welcome to the Pretty Little Tribe podcast, a space to talk about all things life, fertility, parenthood, and everything in between. My name is Elizabeth. I am an international fertility coach, ICF certified life coach, birth and bereavement doula, and new parent educator. Join us as we support the tribe throughout their journey from conception to bringing your new baby home and everything along the way. See you in the episode. Welcome back to the Pretty Little Tribe. Today we have Ashley Ray and she is with Mala Collective and I'm so excited to talk to her again. I spoke to her recently and I am obsessed with everything that she kind of comes to the table with and I'll let you take it away and tell our audience what all those things are because anybody who knows me, I'm all about kind of the holistic everything, right? It's mind, body, spirit all together in equal form and fashion. So there's a big aspect that she promotes in her business that I just, I'm so happy to get behind. So tell our listeners what that is. Well, thank you. I'm so happy to be here as well. Um, okay. So Mala Collective, we make products to help people with meditation, but really the point is helping people to find that level of self-connection. So you actually don't need anything that we make for meditation. But you they're really awesome. I know you, you said that last yes. time, but I'm like, yes. you need to go check it out because the thing it is, is beautiful. beautiful. I mean, I, yes. I'm obviously a fan <laughs> and I, I use our products with meditation. So we make mala beads. They help you focus when your mind wanders. We make meditation cushions that help provide, you know, a physical space for you to go every morning. It's one less thing to think about. And crystals hold different intentions when you sit down to practice. So for me, I've been meditating for 10 years and I find these different tools really helpful to help me focus, to help me bring a certain energy into my practice and also to help me practice on days I really don't want to because meditation isn't always easy. It's not always joyful. It's not always this moment of breakthrough. There's a lot of days where it's deeply uncomfortable and having a really beautiful space in my home inspires me on the days I really don't want to do it. And that's a lot of days, you know, I've been doing it for many years and it's it's not always easy. So I don't I don't want anyone to think, I'm doing it wrong. I'm really bad at it. If my wine, my wine, my mind wanders, that's totally normal. It's very right. normal. hundred percent. And we'll get into that in a second, but back to like the, what do you call it? The tools, the. Yeah. It's different tools. It's different. So mala beads, you know, we did not invent those. Those have been around yeah. for thousands <laughs> of years to help focus your mind, but it is a tool in meditation. I mean, it's beautiful. You can wear it as jewelry, but the idea is you turn the beads through your fingers and it focuses your attention. It focuses your breath because our minds wander, having a tactile thing with you. So it is traditionally yeah. a tool, a functional tool. And, you know, the cushions act as a tool of support for your physical body and crystals. It depends how woo-woo you want to get. Yeah. <laughs> I love having crystals. I have them all over my house. A hundred percent. So I'm down with all those things. And I, I've mentioned to Ashley before, but also to those of you that don't know, I used to do, um, like week long silent meditation. So those types of tools were really helpful for me. Like the cushions or the stools would help my back. Um, the, the beads help you focus when you feel like your mind is wandering to get you back to that. Even if it's for a moment of just, you know, you're, you have a slight kind of lapse of getting yourself back on track and that helps you to get back on track, but also it motivates you to want to be there. Cause you're like, Oh, I have this super cute cushion now or super cute beads that I want to use. And so it becomes more of a ritual as much as the practice. Right. So I just want to encourage you if you are kind of starting out on your 
practice to meditate and you're like, I'm just not really getting it or whatever. It's kind of, I mentioned this before. It's like when you're starting to work out and you get a cute outfit, a work cute workout outfit, you want it, it motivates you to go work out a little more. It's the same type of thing. If you have some of those tools that you feel like, okay, this is going to help me to find better posture, to sit, sit more comfortably or whatever it is. And as Ashley mentioned, you don't need anything to be doing this and we can go into that now, but still please take a look because for me, when I was really into it on a more, um, I don't know what the word is, but I don't have time to be doing week long retreats anymore. Um, those are the sorts of things that really helped me kind of, okay, I have my mat, I have my pillow, I have my stool, I have my, my beads that I can alternate between, um, that helped me get there as well as I'm all about crystals. Everybody knows that my kid, that's just the thing for me, but, um, tell us about somebody who's just starting out and doesn't have all the, the tools or accessories or whatever it is. And how would you suggest for them to start? And what are some of the benefits that come along with that? Mm, those are really good questions. I think, you know, you use the word ritual and I think that's such a beautiful word. I think it's a much sexier word than habit, you know, building a <laughs> habit can be something that's quite difficult. So, yeah. you know, when people are starting out when they're asking for tips, how can you connect to something that's already part of your routine? So, you know, turning on the coffee pot or the tea kettle in the morning, but I do love making it a ritual. So I like to light incense, pull out the crystals that I want to use, get my blanket, like really make it a cozy moment for me. Cause that's really what it is. It's the time that you're giving yourself permission to reconnect to yourself. And that's usually the hardest time to give ourselves permission for. So I would say if you're starting out, tying it to a habit that you've already built, um, starting small, you don't have to meditate for 20 minutes. You can meditate for three minutes. You can meditate for one minute. Mm -hmm. You can meditate for eight minutes. And then adding on, we're, we really like this all or nothing mentality as humans that it has to be long and it has to be 30 minutes and I can't have my mind wander. And then if it doesn't work, then I fall off track and right. start small, smart, start small and build on it. You still get benefits from sitting for two minutes and three minutes. And I would say the last thing, you know, I recommend when people are starting is just don't be hard on yourself. If your mind is wandering, it's normal. If there's a dog barking outside. Yeah, that's normal to wonder what kind of dog it is. <laughs> I mean, I do. <laughs> or if you're hungry, think about lunch. That's okay. I think it's being compassionate and kind to yourself because the practice truly is returning to yourself over and over and over again mm -hmm. and returning to yourself without judgment. So if your mind wanders 200 times in five minutes, that's 200 times you get to practice self-love and 200 times you get to practice compassion for yourself. And I think, being able to build that muscle or develop that muscle of self-love and self-kindness, which is so often associated with self-judgment really is to me, a beautiful way to approach the practice versus having to sit with, with no thoughts. And I mean, when you ask the benefits, there's, there's so many beautiful benefits. And I think, you know, I started Mala 10 years ago, 10 years ago, People are like, what are you doing meditating? It's just for hippies. And now everybody knows like lowers blood pressure, helps with anxiety, helps, you know, there's so many fantastic uh, proven results of meditation. Mm -hmm. For me, I think it's, I'm a, I can create this space to differentiate my thoughts and myself. I can practice that self-love I was just talking about. When I meditate in the morning, it doesn't feel like time is against me. You know, when you start off and maybe you check your phone or you check an email and the day is just against you and you're already behind. For me, it shifts my relationship with time. It shifts my relationship with myself. 
a big part of my meditation practice is also a gratitude practice. So I do a gratitude every morning, gratitude journaling every morning. And that shifts me from scarcity to abundance and it brings me into possibility and opportunity. So I think it's, for me, the mindset changes and my self-love and my self-talk shift a lot. Of course, outside of the anxiety and, and all these incredible other benefits, but that connection to self, which I genuinely think we're all searching for, but maybe we label it a bit differently. Everyone has a different word for that self-connection. Yeah. And that self-connection is <clears throat> when you're trying to conceive as well is so important because we're so used to hearing all these thoughts in our head about what you're doing, what you're not doing, what you should be doing, et cetera. And it, that's your moment to just, again, even if it is listening to a dog bark outside or right, just bringing your head back to something that is calming and giving yourself a specific time frame. to your point, whether it's two minutes, 60 seconds, whatever it may be that is right for you to just feel something that you can do to accomplish, to, to focus your thoughts that are not serving, like get your thoughts that are not serving you away from you and focus on something that is serving you and listen, right? You're, when you're in meditation, your senses heighten. So you hear more clearly, you see more clearly things start to come up for you that you didn't realize. And so I love that you talk about having that gratitude and also for people to pair that sometimes with or with journaling, if that's something that feels good to you to say, what came up during that meditation? Like I started to cry during my meditation this morning, what's happening in me that is bringing up that those tears, right? Like, is that something I need to address? Is there something deeper going on that I wasn't even aware that's going on and really be gentle with yourself through that. And I think that's a beautiful thing about meditation is it can take you in so many different aspects of yourself and whether that's through trying to get a new job or a relationship or fertility or whatever, it will serve you when you show up for it. Right. So as long as you're showing up for that ritual or that habit every day, you will get something back from it in whatever way that is meant for you to have. Yeah. And what a gift to create time to get to know ourselves. I mean, sitting alone with our thoughts is deeply uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It's there's reasons that we check our phone every 15, 20 seconds, yeah. sitting alone with our thoughts. Uh, we often don't realize that disassociation between that negative self-talk or what's happening at us or to us versus, okay, I'm actually spacious. I'm full of all these beautiful qualities. When I'm teaching meditation, people are often saying, you know, I want to call in love. I want to call in abundance. I want to call in all these things. Well, we have them already. We have these qualities in ourselves. Creating this spaciousness through breath allows us to call those qualities forward. So it really is allowing us to like go into the depths of our soul and our spirit and connect to our higher self and bring forward these qualities that already exist within us, which is, you know, we launched a collection years ago called I am enough. And that was the foundation of it is we already are all of these things, mm -hmm. all of these things that we're seeking, you know, we compare ourselves so often, but we have them. It's just creating the room, the space with compassion and love and safety and kindness to bring them forward and allow us to embody them. And when we're rushing and when we're busy, we don't, we don't nurture that, that self-care. Yeah. And I feel like as much as the world shifted with the pandemic, we are still just as busy as we ever have been in different ways, maybe. And I love that I am enough because 
again, circling it back to fertility, people feel like they're not, you know, they're less than because they're struggling or they're broken because they're struggling. And that could not be further from the truth. And really getting back to that self-love is so, again, not only in fertility, when I'm saying that, because it's like everybody needs to hear that message about self-love, no matter where you're at in your life journey. Um, Can you tell some people like some basics of meditation, like what you, of course, how to start, like what should they do? Yeah. I mean, I think, like I mentioned earlier, most people think they have to carve out a pretty big chunk of time to do a proper meditation. Yeah. A meditation I like to do when I'm feeling overwhelmed is just a, a very simple body scan. So starting by softening the space between your brows, unclenching your jaw, rolling your shoulders, just going down to your body and just breathing into each space of it, breathing into your heart, noticing your belly rise and fall, breathing into our hips because they carry us all day. <laughs> they need some love, you know, down to your knees, to your ankles, to your feet, and just relaxing into the exhale. It allows us to just let go. And oftentimes relaxing into the exhale can feel uncomfortable because we just trust that the inhale is going to come. So I think that when we're feeling there's a lot happening, just scanning through our body and breathing. You can do that in a very, in a very short, like one minute, two minutes, three minutes. Yeah. Or, or box breathing is one of my favorites. So it's inhaling for four, holding for four, exhaling for four, holding for four. And I mean, we, we launched a kid's line this year and we teach kids that meditation, but I think it's, I do it. <laughs> it's just yeah. applicable for adults to think, just focus on your breath for a I moment. I do it too. <laughs> 16 seconds. You can do a 16 second meditation. Mm-hmm. And if you're back in the office and you're worried about looking weird, you know, just, just being aware of your breath. You know, Deepak Chopra talks about when you bring awareness to the breath, it naturally starts to slow down. So just if bringing awareness slows it down. So I know it, it sounds so simple. Just bring awareness to the breath, bring awareness to the breath. Not always easy. When I'm feeling a little bit too up here, a little bit too much vibration, put one hand on my heart, one hand on my belly, brings it back to the moment. And I'm a big fan of listening to guided meditations. You know, we, we offer a lot of free guided meditations um, all year around my, I'm enough, around resetting, around grounding. Sometimes it's nice to just surrender and let someone else's voice guide you. And then the more you get used to it, the more you'll be able to create that space for yourself. And is there a right time or wrong time for people to meditate as far as like morning or night or what do you say? I mean, I don't think there's ever a wrong time to meditate. Maybe don't do like a sleeping meditation when you're driving, but that's like the only thing I can think of as a bad time. Public safety announcement from Ashley. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think that for me, meditating in the morning helps me set up my day. Mm -hmm. It creates a spaciousness that reminds me, hey, I'm in control of my time. I'm in control of my day. The day isn't taken away. Whatever energetically you need to tell yourself. So it yeah. helps me create spaciousness in the day. And then at night, it helps me to let go of the day. So, I mean, whatever, whatever suits you, I think I do recommend trying to do the same every day if you can, because it builds that habit, builds that routine for yourself, builds that ritual. Um, but there's, there's no wrong time to do it. You know, one of my meditation teachers had young kids and he put his meditation cushion right beside his bed and he'd roll out of bed really quietly right onto the cushion. So that was the only time he could get it in before his kids woke up. 
Great. Mm -hmm. Do what you got to do. Some people go meditate in their car before their drive to work. Some people, you know, meditate in bed. One of my other teachers said the worst thing that happens if you meditate lying down in bed is you fall asleep. And how great is that? (laughs) Yeah. There's there's nothing bad about, there's no wrong time. No wrong time. hundred percent. And I, that's one thing I say to my clients all the time too, as far as if that's the only time you can do it is lying down before you go to sleep, that you're still taking in that conscious energy of what you intended to do. And I think that goes a long way. And ultimately we're trying to just get your body and your mind in that state of calm, your cortisol levels, your adrenal levels, everything to just calm down. And when you calm down, you open to creation and, and conceiving and all of those beautiful things that happen when you're allowing things to evolve the way that they are. But we are just in such a busy state right now of moving and trying so hard. And I think meditation is the ultimate surrender of just being right. And that is really difficult for most people. It's not easy. So I'm certainly not saying that that's something that's easy to do, but I think setting yourself up for success by saying, I'm only going to do 60 seconds or two minutes or whatever, and you'll surprise yourself. And then you'll be like, Oh my gosh, I can nail this. Like, it's not that hard. Um, for me, I do the box breathing when I can't get back to sleep. That's, you know, in my mind, I follow the box and breathe. And it always helps me to just get back to sleep in the night and find whatever is works for you because there is no wrong way to do this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big fan of using a mantra as well. If you're finding it, you know, I can't emphasize enough how normal it is for your mind to wander. Uh, some days it wanders, you know, 200 times, some days it wanders 80 times just that one or the other is not more successful. The fact that you mm-hmm. created that space in yourself is the gift, but I like to repeat mantras. And again, the, I am mantra to me is really beautiful. So when I sit down to meditate, I go, okay, take a couple breaths. What do I want to call in today? What do I need today? And then I'll repeat a few mantras. Okay. I need to call in love grounding and support. So I am love. I am grounded. I am supported. And once you repeat that enough times, you begin to believe it. And it is proven that when you repeat mantras, it changes your brainwaves. So it's, it's a practice that starts to become a reality. And I adore that. So I, I'm a huge fan of the I am statements. Again, it's one more thing for your mind to focus on when you're in meditation. So you just keep coming back to your mantra when your mind wanders. Yeah, I, I am too for mantras. I, for some reason, it just helps me to stay in that moment too, I feel yeah. like, or stay focused. Um, I need my brain to both, you know, to be doing something and saying something at the same time so that it yeah. like focuses. Otherwise I'm all over the place. So thank you for bringing that point up to those that aren't sure if, you know, they don't know, am I supposed to be doing guided? Am I supposed to be saying something out loud? Am I supposed to be quiet the whole time? Like what, what am I supposed to be doing here? Yeah. So again, I think there's no rules, right? Yeah. I mean, you can focus on your breath, your mantra or your mala. That's how I was taught meditation. And Mm. for me, when I use my mala, you know, I turn each bead through my fingers. I do an inhale and exhale and repeat. I am whatever my affirmation is that day. Mm -hmm. Next bead. I am next bead. I am. And then I know it's, it's a physical tactile timer. I've done 108. Okay. My meditation is done. And usually that takes like 12 to 15 minutes. I can tell I'm really anxious when I've done it in like four minutes. I'm like, oh my goodness, I was flying through that. That means I need to calm down. Maybe do it again. Yeah. So, but you're right. You don't, there's no wrong way. You can do it in line at the grocery store, just breathing. 
Yeah. And to, can you tell people about the 108 a little mm. bit? Yeah, of course. So 108 is a very auspicious number in Buddhism and Hinduism. So the malas all have 108 beads. And I mean, there's probably like 108 reasons why 108 is very auspicious. So some yeah. people believe there's 108 energy lines to the heart. Some people associate it with astrology or space between the planets. I heard someone talk about a monk saying, if you take 108 breaths in a day, you'll reach enlightenment. You know, there's some yeah. really beautiful mystical reasons. There's so many reasons behind 108. But for me, you know, when I'm closing my eyes, and I'm sure you've experienced this too, time passes so quickly <laughs> or so slowly, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> slowly, meditation, slowly. It feels like you've been there for 35 minutes and it's been like 14 seconds because it's so uncomfortable. So having that mala acts as this timer where I can maybe if I need to peek and open my eyes okay I'm a quarter of the way through or I'm halfway through and because there's a tassel at the end that marks the end so it becomes this thing where okay I can trust I can let go I know that the time is being kept by this beautiful thing mm -hmm. or if you don't have a mala set a timer on your phone it, it creates a safety container for us to know this isn't going to last forever because it feels yeah. like it's often going to last forever yeah. so setting a timer or having a mala creates creates that safety zone of, okay, it'll be done. And I don't have to watch every second until, until that moment. Yeah. And I will say though, the more you do it, the, the faster time does go by, like yeah. you'll then realize like, oh my gosh, that was already five minutes. Like I just kind of got in my zone and now it's finished, yeah. you know? So I think initially it does feel like the time is never ending <laughs> and yeah. that's normal. So don't be freaked out about keeping looking okay, well, how long is it? How long do I have to go? How long do I have to go? Because that will soon pass the more that you, you do it and you realize like, I can really get in the zone of, of feeling like I actually don't want to stop doing it. I can keep going for longer and I wish I could. Right. So yeah. you will evolve as your practice of meditation evolves. And it's not only important in, like I said, in fertility, but in all aspects of life right now, just to take a moment to, to connect with the earth, you know, by sitting down and grounding yourself and your breath and gratitude. I love associating that with your gratitude for the day and setting the intention because I feel like we just all, if, and there have been studies, I mean, I'm not studies, but like experiments where cities, groups of people in certain cities will meditate for a certain amount of times. So have you seen this before? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And like the crime rate goes down in those cities yes. and all these things, because it's like a collective energy of calm for a, a X amount of time or whatnot. And, you know, whether you believe that or not there, it has happened and you can Google it and find it all over the world in different cities where they've done that. And I think it's so magical to know that when people are setting that intention and really getting their energy grounded, and if you can do this for a whole city's crime rate, you can certainly do it for your own life to just calm your own voice in your head or whatever is happening for you. Yeah. And I think I, one of the things I get asked is when am I going to have that aha moment? When's mm -hmm. that breakthrough going to come? And, you know, I, I think it's how we judge the success of meditation. Like I mentioned earlier, if you look at it as an opportunity to befriend yourself and be compassionate to yourself. And if you're looking at it as creating spaciousness, you used that word earlier, spaciousness, which I think is so beautiful, creating that spaciousness within yourself, the more space we're creating, the more space we're creating between our thoughts. 
And that's where those aha moments come in, whether, whatever you want to call them, whether it's the divine feminine, whether that's the universe or your intuition or highest self, you know, there's so many great words out there, what that is to you. Mm-hmm. But we've, we've all had those moments where we're in the shower. Oh yeah, I have to do this. Or when we're driving to work or when we're washing dishes. It's usually through these repetitive motions where we no longer have to have our brain going like we can create this spaciousness because our body knows. So the more we come back to ourselves, when we practice meditation, the more we're building trust with our bodies to create space for those moments to come through. So it just comes with time. It just comes with practice. It's not going to be like on your 12th sit at six minutes and two seconds. It's just going to come the more that you are kind to yourself, the more you release, you know, any judgment and the, the less that you have an expectation of it has to look this way. Yeah, so it is. It's meant to be whatever you need to be laying down, sitting up. I like walking by the ocean for meditations right now. It can be whatever you, you will know intuitively what you need. Yes. And I love So you just mentioned the word create a bunch of times there and people that are listening know that I really believe that we are creating a human. So what we want to do during our, our fertility is create spaces. And that's exactly what Ashley was just saying over and over. You're creating this space. And as much as you feel like you're doing something passive by not doing anything really at all by meditating, you are allowing the space for you to create. And, you know, as I said, when that my mantra was when I was getting ready to have my children was I can create, I'm able to create. And even in that, again, in that passiveness of meditation, you are creating something. And like I said, I wish I would have counted how many times you just mentioned it, but that is the key word in all of this is we are trying to create as a human to create another life. And in doing that, we need to find ways that we can open that creativity. And I, I love that meditation is such a beautiful aspect of being able to do that. So I just wanted to parlay on that a little bit as well. So where can people find you, Ashley, and, and learn more about this and join your free meditations and everything? Uh, thank you. Well, at Mala Collective on Instagram, we have, like I mentioned, we always have free meditations available and you can find me, Ashley underscore underscore Ray. I also have lots of free guide meditations on my Instagram and free gratitude practice uh, downloads. I genuinely I cannot recommend gratitude enough. I think it is such an important mindset shift to be in abundance and possibility. And it, it is such a, it's been a game changer for me, almost as much as meditation, the gratitude is just such a gift. So I'm always offering those free stuff there. So, I mean, and that's all on Instagram, Ashley? it's all on Instagram and okay, ashleyray.co is my website. I do a lot of coaching with women around stepping into purpose and stepping into the potential and with men as well, which I think is quite a beautiful experience. I don't think is there's as many spaces for men to talk about these things as there are for women. And it's been such a gift to be able to help people through their mindfulness journey of stepping into, you know, we all have this purpose that we believe we're meant to be doing and um, helping people like mirror it and pull it out of them and encourage them and love them through it. It's been such a cool journey. So I'm grateful I get to do that as well. Yeah. It's incredible. Thank you for helping people in the world to see this beauty as well as children. I mean, opening this consciousness for kids and letting them know that this is a regular practice for them to do too, I think is amazing. I love that. Yes. Oh, it's so sweet. I'm in awe and gratitude. We get to do this with kids. It's so cool. Yeah, it is. It really is. 
Well, thank you so much for coming today and we will be in touch soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pretty Little Tribe podcast. Follow up on Instagram at the Pretty Little Tribe or at Elizabeth King underscore coaching for updates, resources, and a community to connect with. If you are looking for extra support and tools to guide you along your TTC and parenting journey, visit ElizabethKing.com. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast everywhere you're listening for a chance to receive a special gift. Visit ElizabethKing.com backslash Pretty Little Tribe podcast for more information on how to enter. Any review counts. I just appreciate your honest feedback so I can provide you with the best support possible in your TTC and parenthood journey. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week.